Hi, everybody. I'm a talking pine tree. My name's Prickly. No, no. Why would I do that? Start a perfectly good podcast pretending I was a pine tree. Stupid, dumb idiot. And now that I've finished berating myself, uh, let me tell you about today's show. First of all, thank you for being here on the Harland Highway with me, your host, Harland Williams. And uh, interesting show today. We're going to be talking about insults. Insults. That's right. Uh, Have you ever been insulted? Uh, Have you ever given out the insults? Are you uh, are you clever with your insults or are you crude with your insults? I don't know. Uh, we're going to be discussing a new type of zoo, out with the old, in with the new. Wait till you hear about this zoo. There, I rhymed it for you. Um, are you boring? Am I boring you right now? We're going to talk about uh, if you're boring or you've been in a conversation with boring people. Um, and it's a boring segment, but that's what it's about, so it shouldn't be boring. Uh, air shows, I know I've talked about them before. Going to get into them again because we had a tragic summer with air shows. And an idiot visitor here on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. Relax. Get ready to have fun. Ow! What we've got here is failure to communicate. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. This is Harland Williams. I'm a human being. God damn it. Who wants to go to the zoo, huh? When was the last time you went to the zoo to see all the fuzzy little critters with their cute little whiskers and their little claws and hoofs and... There's a monkey chewing on a pine cone, and there's a little, little duckbill platypus playing with a little bean sprout. There's a lion eating a zookeeper. Hello. Zoos are getting a little outdated, though, aren't they? I mean, they've been around for a long time, and we all love the critters. We all love the little characters. But I think to draw in the new generation, I think they should clean out the animals out of the enclosures and let's replace them with Victoria's Secret models. Huh? I want to be able to go to some big outdoor enclosure where the zebras used to roam around. I want to see like 35 girls in lingerie milling about. And the zookeeper tosses a cob salad in there and watches them go into a feeding frenzy. Oh, yeah, they'd go berserk. Just going at it like fish after fish food in a fish pond. Victorious secret models clawing at each other, punching and fighting their way to the cob salad chawing it all down and then throwing it all up five minutes later what a show that would be huh going to the house of reptiles instead of big alligators and turtles laying under a heat lamp you get 
Victoria's Secret models sunbathe them under the heat lamps. Their bodies covered in oil. Someone throwing grapes at them and fish. Love it. Going to the House of Monkeys. No more hairy old orangutans or smelly old chimps. Now you got gorgeous hotties swinging on tires playing with bananas. Oh, you kidding me? Get me to the zoo. I don't even have kids going to the zoo. Get me a balloon and some dark glasses. Hello. Oh, yeah. Could be one of the best ideas I've come up with yet. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of food, do you like roast? All right. More specifically, do you like comedy roasts? How many of you have tuned into the uh, the Comedy Central roasts? You know where they they pick a, a celebrity like Charlie Sheen or Donald Trump or Larry the Cable Guy or William Shatner or Pamela Lee, and they put them on a chair, and all these comedians, uh, quote unquote comedians, and fellow celebrities like rip them a new one. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I gotta say, I don't, I, I don't watch it that much. I've caught a couple and, uh, I don't know if I'm going to sound snobby or maybe I'm a nerd or I'm out of the loop or whatever. I just don't get it. I mean, I, I get that these, uh, comedians are pushing the envelope, but, uh, I, I don't sit there and laugh. I just kind of sit there and go, okay, there's someone trying a little too hard. Um, because it's all just vile, it's vulgar, it's it's uh, it's it's just base humor, man. And we all like that now and then, but I don't know. I I don't. I just find these uh, these roasts are uh, they're not clever. That's what's missing. The cleverness. It's all just oh yeah. There's William Shatner sitting over there. Uh, I've got more hair on my uh, cock. Then he's got on his toupee. How about Lisa Lampanelli's pussy? That thing, uh, you know, I thought I fell into a bowl of clam chowder, huh? You know, stuff like that. And <laughs> it's, I don't know. It doesn't thrill me. And, and what sucks about those roasts is they're very impersonal. If, if you check out the old roasts, where they originated back in the day with Johnny Carson and Dean Martin, all these old celebrities. It was like all those guys kind of traveled in the same circles, right? They rubbed shoulders each other. There was a smaller pool of stars. And so chances are they'd worked together. They knew each other. They'd been at functions. They were friends. And so when uh, someone got up to roast another celebrity, you could sense and see and feel that connection. But nowadays, you you, you got uh, you know comedians that nobody even knows getting up there. You got you got a seasoned celebrity star like William Shatner, and some uh, some club comic gets up and uh, starts ripping him a new one, and everyone's like, "Wait, who are you, dude? Who, who's that chick? She was what? She 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 lasted for three episodes of Last Comic Standing. That." She has the right to uh, roast William Shatner? 
I'm sure William Shatner has no idea who the hell she is. I don't know. It just just seems out of whack. I wish I wish uh, some of these roasters were a little more clever with their uh, with their words, with their uh, with their uh, insults, their cut downs. And uh, if you want to really go back, um, let me let me read you some uh, some old kind of uh, you know insults, some uh, cut downs. That kind of took place long before uh, four-letter words were sprinkled into the equation, okay? These are some oldies. Some of these people uh, you'll know. Some of them you won't. Um, I'll read the ones you'll probably know and then uh, see what you think. Here we go. Uh, Here's the first one. I have a little list of them here. Here's the first one. And, uh, you know, check out the wordplay, the subtlety, the kind of cleverness of them. Here's a uh, burn from uh, William Faulkner, an author, about a fellow author, Ernest Hemingway. All right? He says, he has never been known to use a word that might send a reader to the dictionary. (laughs) Okay, that's a good burn. Here's one from an anonymous guy. Thank you for sending me a copy of your book. I'll waste no time reading it. (laughs) I like that one. Here's one from Mark Twain. We all know Mark Twain. I didn't attend the funeral, but I sent a nice letter saying I approved of it. (laughs) Now, here's a good burn that went down between uh, George Bernard Shaw and the uh, late Winston Churchill, Prime Minister of uh, England. And uh, George Bernard Shaw said to Winston Churchill, he said, I am enclosing two tickets to the first night of my new play. Bring a friend if you have one. So there's the first burn. And Winston Churchill replied, cannot possibly attend first night. Will attend second if there is one. (laughs) Good burn. Just simple and clever. Here's another a anonymous uh, burn. I feel so miserable without you. It's almost like having you here. I got to read that one again. I feel so miserable without you. It's almost like having you here. I want you guys to try that one out on someone you know and uh, see what the reaction is. Here's another anonymous one. He is simply a shiver looking for a spine to run up. It's a good one. Here's another one by Mark Twain. Uh, Why do you sit there looking like an envelope without any address on it? Here's one from Oscar Wilde. Some cause happiness wherever they go. Others, whenever they go. (laughs) I like it. Clever. Uh, here's one by Billy Wilder. He has Van Gogh's ear for music. <laughs> um, here's one from, uh, do you remember the comedian uh, Groucho Marx? And this will be our, our last one here. Groucho Marx. And he says, I've had a perfectly wonderful evening, but this wasn't it. <laughs> 
So there you go. Uh, you know, not one swear word in the lot. Clever, funny, from from yesteryear. And I guess I'm holding those up to the uh, modern day um, comedy roasts. I guess it's all a matter of, you know, where you were born and what area came from. And uh, But, you know, hey, food for thought, right? Yeah, really good. Really good uh, segment there, Arland. Uh, you know, I've uh, I've uh, wiped my ass better than how you can even talk, huh? Okay, that was uh didn't make any sense. Oh yeah, you How about uh that segment uh what are you uh I got a dildo in your face? Um Okay, see, not not good burns. I'll, I'll give you good burns. How about, uh, hey, uh, your balls are probably hanging on the ground. Why don't you step on them, huh? <laughs> okay, let, let's just get out of here. Yeah, why don't you? Harlan, man, you made me laugh out on a walk today and people looked at me odd. I was listening uh, to this one that started out like this. Shiver me timbers, hearty dirty. Me leprechaun, you shiver me timbers, hearty dirty, slurpy prairie. Crack me up, man. I'm way behind on your podcast. I just started listening to them, having a good time. So I got a lot ahead of me. Harlan, you're a funny man. You got me giggling. I appreciate it. Woo, buddy, I'll see you down the road or somewhere like that. Shiver me timbers, hearty dirty. <laughs> uh, take it easy, Harley. Sean Emery here, by the way. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Please don't bring up that guy. I, I hate that guy, Crinky McCringles. The, what the hell? Oh, no. What the hell are you doing here? I shiver me timbers, clarkty darkty. Flarkty darkty, clarkty darkty. What are you doing here, Crinky McCringles? you mention me name, so I thought I'd pop up from me mystical rainbow. I don't see a rainbow anywhere. Well, why don't you look at the multicolored skid mark in your undie pants? Skarkty, glarkty, skarkty, darkty, flarkty, skarkty, glarkty, glarkty! All right, cut it out, Crinky. What the hell do you want? Well, I'm looking around your studio here, and it looks like there's not much green to be had. No, there's not much green because it's a studio and most of this equipment is like metal and aluminum and silver. Well, maybe I could brighten the place up with a little bit of green peppered around the studio. Slurkty dirty, flirty dirty, slurkty dirty. Stop with the goofy leprechaun talk. Slurkty dirty, flirty dirty, dirty, dirty. Cut it out! Well, you don't need to be getting your green leotards all up in a twister there, right up your crankle stankle. Sklarkty darkty flirty, sklarkty darkty. Cut it out! What do you want? I want to put a bit of green around your studio, sklarkty darkty. Good, put some green around. What are you gonna do? Put up some clovers or something? No, I've got some extra mucus in me lungs and in me windpipe. Excuse me? I got some boogies up my nose and some mucus. I think I'll just snort it out all over your studio. Oh, no, you don't. Stop it. Stop blasting boogies. 
Stop it. That's disgusting. Oh, look at all the green all over the place. Clerky, dirty. Let me get some on the windows. Cut it out. That's disgusting. It's full of viruses. And... Slurky, dirty. Sl- get out of here, Crinky. Wait, I've got one more. How about right on your forehead? Oh, my God. Right on my forehead. That's what I said, Trinky Maslinky. Clerky, dirty. Flirty, clerky. Get out of here. I'll see you next time. Just say my name and I'll be right here. Trinky McGringles. Clerky, dirty. Flirty, dirty, clerky. Get out. And what about one more quickie just for the road? Shiver me timbers, shiver me timbers. Oh, my God. No, not the ceiling fan. Oh, out of my chair. Oh, all over the floor. Out to my hair. Out. Stop, no. Get out! Oh, God. Hey, this is Harland Williams rolling down the Harland Highway with you. W-I-T with you. Hope you're doing groovy. I hope I'm not boring you. Is that a problem? Being boring? You ever been boring? Don't you wish we all had like an orchestra behind us when we talked? So no matter what we said, it wasn't boring. Somebody asked us a question. You had nothing going on that day, but somehow your answer sounded great. Someone comes up to you like, hey, what'd you do today? And you're like, oh, you know, man, I, I went to the mall. I bought something. You know what I bought? I bought a new doorknob. Yeah, that's right. I bought a new doorknob. For my door. So why don't you knock on my door? Now that it has a new... Doorknob! See? See what I mean? Oh. Oh. To not be boring. Wouldn't that be... Great. Keep on being you. Here. On the Harland Highway. Oh, yes. And sadly, I think we've all had that moment where we catch ourselves being boring, or at least maybe we're not being boring, but we catch other people thinking that we're boring, right? Have you ever had that where you're sitting around at dinner or you're uh, in a social setting or you're talking to a stranger, whoever you may be communicating with and, you know, Early on into the conversation or halfway through or even towards the end, you catch them drifting, right? They've got that faraway look in their eyes like they're dreaming of a tropical island in in Belize or something. And you're just, you're kind of like, uh, um, so anyways, I was at the horse ranch and um, I was riding the horse and, uh, hello? Like. Well, oh, yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. That's great. So keep going. You were at a train station in Germany. Um, no, I was at the horse ranch in Australia. 
Yeah, I love those trains in Germany. They run like clockwork. Actually, you know what? Forget it. Um, it's awkward, isn't it? Or how about you? Do you ever find that you're the one zoning out? You're talking with someone or they're talking to you or at you? It's a big difference between talking to you and talking at you. And you find yourself zoning out? It's pretty wild. Here's what I do sometimes when I'm in, like, uh, pitch meetings. You know, I'll go over to Walt Disney or Warner Brothers or, uh, you know, anywhere. Like, all over Hollywood, you go into pitch meetings and you pitch show ideas. And uh, a lot of times you'll be in there and um, the executives start, you know, talking about what they're looking for. Well, we want a show aimed at little uh, boys, but we want it to have action and adventure. But uh, we don't want it to skew too old, and uh, we don't really want to attract the female demo. And so what I do is as they're talking away in my head, I'm like, okay, keep talking. Just keep talking because as they're talking, I'm thinking of ideas on the fly, right? And by the time they finish talking 10 minutes later, I'm like, well, you know, what a coincidence because I have a show about these four young boys that were born with jetpacks on their backs, and they uh, fight mutants, and it's just full of action and adventure, and uh, and they're like, wow, I like that. Wow, so where'd that come from? And you're like, oh, you know, it's been churning around in my head for a few years. Lie. <laughs> but, uh, you know... Sometimes it's not a question of being bored. Sometimes you have to tune people out for a specific reason. In that case, I'm getting creative in my own head. So while they're talking, I'm thinking of ideas, and I pray that at the end of their ramble, they're they're not like, so what do you think of what I just said? And I'm like, um, uh, you know, a train ride through Germany sounds great. And they're like, what, what? Um, and then there's times when uh, you just you just tune people out, right? Where they start talking, and uh, you, they you know they're not going to stop. And sometimes they out and out have a problem. They don't really care if you're listening; they just want to talk. And you just have to zone them out, or sometimes even more rude, you have to roll right over them. Because you know that they're just going to go and go and go. I, I went to a lumber yard once. And I had to, you know, I was with my uh, carpenter. And we were trying to get some work done. And he had his truck. And we were picking out wood. And this old guy who ran the lumber yard must have been 80 years old. He's like, yeah, I remember uh, that, that crop of trees there. I, I went in and cut that down myself. I waddled through a swamp and... Uh, I'll tell you what, you can't find this wood anymore. This wood just don't grow on trees. And, uh, and at some point, I was just like, oh, my, I could see a pattern evolving. And so I was just like, yes, yeah, so how much do you want for these? Okay, and uh, all right, uh, how, how long are they? Like, I just had to roll right through the guy. And what's funny is people that talk a lot, they, they, I, I think they're prepared for it or they're used to it because they just shut up. The minute you uh, you cut cut into their, their rambling, they shut up and kind of stop and move on to another story. Like the first 20-minute escapade never happened. And so you don't feel bad because you realize they probably don't even know they're doing it. 
Oh, hold on. Got a text here. Let's see. Hey, windbag, when the hell does this story end? I want to jump off a cliff. Okay, you know what? I mean, hold on. What's this one say? Talk about a boring story. I'd rather watch my grandmother's psoriasis flakes dry. Oh, that's disgusting. Come on, I wasn't talking that much. Hang on. What's this say? Yeah, you were talking that much. Hurry up and move on. I've just about had it with this crap podcast anyhow. This may be your last bit. If you don't move on quickly, I'm done, ass munch. All right, come on, you people. Too late. I'm already gone, windbag. You had me at goodbye. Oh, brother. Wow. Well, sorry I did that bit. <sighs> well, let's... Before I lose the rest of you, let's move on. <sighs> Too late. I'm already halfway to Germany on my train. Oh, God. All right, I'm moving on. Here's a an item that is also annoying, but... It's kind of my, you know, wrapping up, uh, you know, the end of summer, early fall thing. You know, seems to be the time of year when they have the air shows. And I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but this just reaffirms my point, my stance. Once again, this year, during some air shows, uh, a number of planes crashed, a number of pilots died, and a number of people uh, in the audience, spectators, were also killed. Um, and it, it, it's literally an annual event, okay? Every friggin' year with these air shows, people are goners. Now, we get it. Planes go up, they fly, they come down. Now, given the fact that we know, statistically, it's pretty much a given that these planes are going to crash, people are going to die, we don't know how many, do we really have to have air shows? I mean, is is anyone uh, that inclined to go to an air show that if they don't exist, they're going to be heartbroken and crestfallen? I mean, uh, I don't know. Look, I've been to them. They're pretty fascinating. In fact, I was at one where a plane crashed right in front of me. I was at a an air show uh, on the shores of Lake Ontario, one of our great lakes, for those of you that don't know, up uh, across uh, uh, from Toronto, which is right on the shore of Lake Ontario, across the Lake Ontario, to give you perspective, if you're American, is the city of Rochester in New York. And down on the uh, on the uh, western coast, you you uh, you get closer to Niagara Falls. It's not on the lake, but I'm trying to put it in perspective for you. And then as you head towards the uh, east end of Lake Ontario, you're moving off towards Montreal. So I'm at an air show when I'm about I don't know I was about 15 maybe 16. And I love the fighter jets. I love watching the fighter jets go by. But sure enough. 
here comes this old, like, biplane or something. It's like an old, like, uh, you know, from the 40s or 50s or something. And it was a big old version of, like, a biplane. And it did one of those tricks where it came, it flew in, and then it flew straight up in the air. And then it did what I thought it was supposed to do, which a lot of these airplanes do. They cut their engine once they hit altitude, and they let the plane spiral down and then restart the engine. It's like a pretty standard uh, air show trick for these old planes. So here's this big biplane. It starts flying up in the air. It seems like it didn't go as high as it should have gone. And all of a sudden, the engine stops, and we're like, oh, okay, yay, yay, it's doing its trick. And right into Lake Ontario, literally right in front of me. But the, the bonus here was that he smashed into the lake. So there's no flames, there was no explosions. I think the guy was hurt. I mean, they had divers in the water immediately. But, uh, you know, if this guy had come down right on, on uh, pavement or whatever in front of us, yours truly might not be here today. I might have been barbecued. I might have been uh, deep fried and honey walked. And, uh, you know, I'm not knocking the ability of, uh, of pilots and what they can do with an airplane, and it's spectacular. I mean, it's a, it's a sight to see. It's a mixture of ingenuity, it's a, it's a uh, mixture of speed and sound and sight and uh, the mechanics of, a, of an aircraft. There's a lot of elements going on, but at the end of the day, people die every year, and we know this. And so my question is, do we really, really have to have it? I don't know. I'm asking. Maybe you have the answer. I mean, look, if, you, if you're a person who loves aeronautics and you love air shows, you're going to be, oh, yeah, we got to have it. I mean, hey, you could die getting on the subway, man. You could die water skiing. Yeah, I know, but those are like uh, kind of like recreational activities. And, you know, if you die water skiing, you probably do it on your own. But when you're flying planes full of fuel at the speed of sound over audiences of like, you know, anywhere from 500 to 5,000, doesn't the liability go up a little bit? Isn't there more to be concerned about? I, the reason I'm, I'm I'm jumping all over it is that it makes me sad. It makes me sad to see these pilots lose their lives. It makes me sad to uh, see uh, the, the people in the uh, crowd, the spectators, lose their lives. And what's even more humiliating and horrific is that it, it's usually played out on some type of uh, camera because there's always somebody filming this stuff. And so, inevitably, the rest of the world ends up seeing it. And it just seems like a bit of a, uh, a grandiose, kind of extravagant pastime or hobby that maybe we don't need. And if you're uh, in the aeronautics industry, you're probably like, up yours, man. Up yours, land walker. But uh, I don't know. Uh, j- okay, here's what we'll do. All right? Summer's over. 
let's place a bet that next year, and this is this is morbid, this is horrible to say, but I, I guess I have to prove my point the hard way. Who wants to place a bet that next summer or early fall, some more air show planes are going to crash and more people are going to die? I have a feeling it's a give-in. But how do you stop it? You put a can on the air shows. Do we really need to see an old plane go up in the air and do a loop-de-loop? Is it really that thrilling? You know, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. You tell me. You can write me at harlowwilliams.com and disagree if you want, but think about my bet. And let's see what happens. I don't know what we're betting. Let's just say a gentleman's bet. You get the bragging rights that you were right and I was wrong. How about that? You can walk around and go, ha, I was right over Harlan Williams and his stupid podcast. And he was wrong, dumbass podcaster. Hang on. You're always wrong, aren't you, you dumbass old windbag? I hope a plane flies into the back of your head and blows up and burns you alive. Get off the air, you podcast loser. Okay, come on. Wow. Unbelievable. Wait, who's this from? I'll see you tonight at 6 for dinner, Dad. Great. Okay, that's my dad writing me. Wishes a plane. Unbelievable. Well, on that note, on that cheery note, (laughs) thank you, Father. I say we uh, wrap it up. We close her down before we get hit by a plane. And uh, as always, let me thank you for being here. It is a pleasure. I just want you to know that our listenership is growing and growing. It's up from where it was last year. And uh, I want to thank everyone who's joining us. And if you uh, listening have been responsible for turning on your friends and family, I appreciate that too. Keep uh, getting the word out. And uh, let's get some more people on this highway. Um, thanks again so much. And uh, if you want to see me live uh, next week, October 14th and 15th and 16th, that's a Sunday, I will be at the Tempe Improv in Arizona. It's a great club, one of my faves. The Tempe Improv in Arizona. And uh, you can uh, call them up, go online to improv.com and look up the Tempe Improv, reserve your tickets. I usually sell out at that club, so get your tickets early. And then the, uh, the following weekend, I will be in Minnesota at the Mall of America at the House of Comedy. And that'll be Thursday, October 20th through Saturday the 22nd, another great club. Uh, So if you're up in Minnesota, I haven't been through there in a long time. So uh, one of my favorite spots had my cutest adventure in comedy ever happened in Minnesota. And next show, I will share with you my cutest stand-up story. You might not even believe it. But alas, that's for another day. This day is done, or at least this podcast is done. Your day's probably still rolling. God bless it. 
Uh, don't forget you can write me at harlowilliams.com, and you can uh, check out harlowilliams.com. Go to our uh, merchandise store if you want to buy a little Harlem Williams present. My book, The Things You Don't Know You Don't Know, is uh, moving off the racks quite nicely. People enjoying that book. And uh, you can listen to the podcast at Stitcher.com. If you have a cell phone device, go to Stitcher and you can download uh, the Harlan Highway on your cellular. So that's it. That's all we got for today. Thanks, everybody. Watch out for low flying. Watch out for speech therapists. Uh, watch out for low flying planes. And we'll catch you next time. And until then, chicken. Ciao, baby.